are now tuned into the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. This is episode 46 of the Lunch Break Podcast, where true sales pros go to tell their stories. My name is James Bodden, and today's guest for episode 46 is Sam Downs, Customer Relationship Manager at AllWorks, Content Producer on LinkedIn, Sales Tip on Tuesday Sharer, and all-around amazing sales professional. Sam and I talk about how she got started in sales. We share a similar experience in both getting started in retail, actually specifically both working at Radio Shack, and we talk about her journey. We talk about how sales, the profession of sales, gave her a path forward. Sam's very transparent about her journey, the things she's learned along the way. One thing that stuck out to me in our conversation was her acute sense of self-awareness that she operates with. She was, from job to job, from industry to industry, able to realize, hey, this is a good fit for me, this isn't a good fit for me, and it's a very important thing that, that all of us need to be thinking about as we navigate through our sales careers. So all in all, an amazing episode, definitely worth your time. But I get it. If you don't have time to take in the whole episode right now, I'm serving up a snack break sales tip from Sam Downs. Take a listen. This is where I say to like, especially people that are just starting out. And I know I say this a lot, but it's so true. You have to be coachable. Now, you have to like set goals, even if it's just like a daily or monthly goal and go over those goals, like with a leader so you can be held accountable for them and just be, you know, have an open mind. And, and really if, and even if it's not like a leader per se, at, you know, go to a veteran salesperson and be like, Hey, like go Y cord with them, you know, split the headphones with them or whatever, you, you know, you do. And, you know, and it, it, it really, it really helps when you get some other opinions from, you know, from people like in the trenches and that have, you know, succeeded and have started from nothing and, you know, just be that coachable person, and have an open mindset to, you know, sales and, and learning and always be learning your, about your industry and your product. It just, it certainly helps for sure. A great sales tip from Sam Downs. And before we get cracking on episode 46, I want to share another edition of the Mindful Minute from the Mindful Sales Rep himself, Keith Cordero. Take a listen. Hey everyone, this is Keith Cordero with another Mindful Minute brought to you by the Mindful Sales Rep. This week, let's continue our discussion on the Noble Eightfold Path with the fifth step, Right Livelihood. This refers to abstaining from making one's living through a profession that brings harm to others, both physically and emotionally. As we discussed in the last Mindful Minute, as sales reps, it's easy to twist the truth to cater to what you think the customer wants to hear in order to push a sale through. Unfortunately, the reverberating effects cause more suffering both for ourselves and our customers. As sales professionals, we have the power to embrace noble characteristics like integrity, honesty, and compassion in our daily interactions with our customers and team members. Think of them as the core values that anchor your purpose-driven personal and professional development. So today, during your meditation, think about how you can cultivate and embody these characteristics in each of your interactions throughout the day. Good luck. 
Without any further ado, folks, episode 46 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to episode 46 of the Lunch Break Podcast. Really excited about my guest today, Sam Downs. She is a customer relationship manager at AllWorks and somebody who initially caught my eye with her creative, real life, very relatable content on LinkedIn and and, uh, very happy to have her here. So Sam, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you for having me and thank you for the lovely introduction. That was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, so look, I think uh, we can jump right into this, and, and I forgot to mention this before we hit record, uh, but I'm, I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile right now, and one of the other things that caught my eye uh, after I saw your content was that we both worked at Radio Shack at one point. Yes, yes, so, exactly. I actually started out there. <laughs> yeah, so that leads me to my first question. How did you get started in sales? Well, so actually, I didn't have any prior sales experience. You know, I was just, I actually, I was, you know, I just got out of, just dropped out of college. I was like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? And um, I was actually a dishwasher, but then I was like, you know what? I I need to do something more. I was like about 16. So then I uh, ventured to Radio Shack and um, started as like a normal sales associate there. and it was back when they were trying to like enter into like the whole cellular world and like kind of carry all the Sprint and Verizon, you know that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that was definitely like, I was so glad I started out there because it really taught me a lot to get out of my comfort zone and, you know, to approach people with like a sales, um, you know, process in mind. Yeah. And, and so had you, it didn't sound like you'd ever really considered a career in sales before that? Oh, no, not at all. Like I was actually, I wanted to do so, there were so many things that I had, you know, I had wanted to do. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I wanted just so many things that, you know, any ambitious, you know, teenager would want. But um, I, I decided I had the personality for it. Someone told me like, hey, you should, you should go into sales. And that's how I, that's how I started. Yeah, I love it. And and you made a, a good point. It It's, you know, it's a unique thing to kind of enter into something and then realize, hey, uh, this is something that I'd never really considered before. Now I'm doing it as mainly out of necessity, like, hey, I just need a job, or <laughs> a way to make a paycheck. And, uh, exactly a pretty low barrier to entry here, but you know, you got there and then you, you, you went on to get promoted. So there was obviously a shift because I worked at Radio Shack and I didn't get promoted. My mind was not switched on to, Hey, like, let me take this seriously. Like I was trying to get out of shifts at work when I worked at Radio right. Shack, you know what I mean? So what was that moment for you or did you start out like that like hey I'm gonna take this and run with it so talk talk about that because I think it's an important part I definitely didn't have that mindset I'm not gonna not gonna lie I'm being real with you I definitely didn't have that mindset when I started I'm just like okay like this is you know this is just an extra paycheck like we're just gonna do this Mm -hmm. but um it it took a shift when I like realized like I was actually good at it And I had like leadership, like capabilities. And I just really tried to focus on, you know, showing like my worth and showing that, you know, I could excel and and do better. And, you know, I think that's why I was given that opportunity. 
Um, but then RAP Radio Shack, that, that didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that had to be kind of an experience for you because you, like most young people, are are in a position where you don't have everything figured out. I think the narrative right. about when you're that age, when you're younger is, is everybody's got it figured out. Everybody knows what they want to be. They're on their track. They, you know, school tries to put you on a track as early as like seventh uh, or eighth grade, right? Like, Hey, what are you going to do when uh, you grow up, Mr. 11 year old? I know. Oh gosh. I know. It's just, it's crazy. I totally agree with that. And it's something that like, as a parent that I would never push my kids, like, of course, I'm going to push my kids if I know that they're good at something. Mm -hmm. But if they're saying like, you know, I want to be, you know, an artist or an athlete, like at six years old, I'm going to be like, okay, you know, and, you know, and just, <laughs> but it's, it's just crazy. You never end up doing like what you always, you know, aspire to be. And it's just, it's kind of, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it, has never really made sense to me that we ask somebody whose brain hasn't finished growing right. what they want to be when they grow up. But, you know, you get put into a spot and then because your brain's still growing and, and you're, you haven't lived enough to figure enough things out, you end up feeling like, oh man, it seems like everybody else has a path and everybody else has it figured out. But internally, I really have no clue what I want to do. And I've got all these different interests. And especially now with the internet and all of these different right. of information, it's like um, I was reading an article the other day about uh, choice fatigue, like decision fatigue. Kids nowadays get paralyzed by all of the different options they have. And yep. uh, for you, sounded like you were in that position. I don't really know what I want to do. What's next? I'm going to try this thing out. Oh, I'm good at it. And being good at something feels good. So then that mm -hmm. inherently causes you to put more of yourself into it. And then you're kind of, you, at, at what point did you look around and say, oh, cool. I'm good at this thing called sales. Awesome that I was able to find this opportunity, but I've ended up at a company and in an, in, a, a, an industry that's dying right? Like retail. Right, exactly. Uh, so yep. what was that moment like for you? How did you pivot? How did you deal with that? Because it was like, it had to be kind of like a one, two thing, like, oh, really good at sales, but crap, the place I work for isn't going to be around much longer. <laughs> you know, and that kind of, the writing was kind of on the wall, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like eventually, like I noticed that and <clears throat> it was just like a turning point for me in a Eureka moment. I was just like, okay, this isn't really, this isn't really what I want to be. Cause I saw like, and, and I bless his heart. I'm not going to obviously say his name, but my, my manager, he was just there for like 20 years. And I'm just like, you know, if I feel like if I'm going to be stuck in retail, like if I like make this any more long of like, you know, my, my career, it's going to be my career. Retail is I'm going to be a manager and I'm just going to, you know, and, and that was, so that was like my turning point. And I was just like, I want more. And I like had a desire just to have more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting. So, cause you were kind of at that precipice, you were, you were, you were an assistant manager, yep. right? So it was like, yep. next step is becoming a manager. And I, I, it's so funny that you mentioned your, your manager that you had there. Cause my manager at Radio Shack was the same way. He had worked there for 25 <laughs> years. Exactly. He, he uh, took one day off a week. 
he, and like he would still like come by on Sundays and we would all say like please go home and like don't be at Radio Shack anymore and he just didn't really have much else to do like he would do laundry right, right. And, you know it was just and so I had that same kind of moment I was like mm, I don't want to be that guy in 25 years like exactly exactly straight up uh, sorry it may sound a little harsh but it's the truth <laughs> right and I'm so glad that like we were kind of in that like in that time where you know jobs were kind of booming and there were so many different industries that you could just you know dip your hand into and mm -hmm. you know as, as silly as it sounds but you know a lot of a lot of employers, they see like a lot of value to like people are our age demographic, like from like millennials to, you know, whatever the case is. So they have like this pre-existing notion that there were like, you know, we're, we're really, we have like these young, fresh ideas. So mm -hmm. I always, you know, use that to my advantage and it's, you know, definitely gotten me where I am today. So. Yeah. So talk about the transition you made. You made, uh, you went from Radio Shack, you kind of recognized eh, dying industry, need to make a move, don't want to be this manager person in 20 years. Uh, so then you got into car sales. Mm -hmm. What yep. was that like? Because yep. I've, I've, that's, that's one part of the sales world I've never touched. I've had friends that have worked there. Uh, and honestly, I've never had the guts to do it. There were times when, when I was working retail that I considered it. And I was just always too afraid because I was, I thought it would be too hard. So what was that like? You know, I loved the car business. I really did truly like from the bottom of my heart, I started off as like a certified technology expert. That was just a fancy title. Really. I was like <laughs> the new car delivery person. Okay, um, got it. I would. Yeah. And it was really cool. Like, cause I got to see like that excitement when a consumer has like in their first like few minutes of having their new car. And I was a part of that. And I love that as, cliche as that sounds I just I love being a part of that experience for them mm -hmm. you know a very you know happy time of their of their life they're getting a new car you know and I would show them all the new features and how to pair their bluetooth and you know sit down with them and do the paperwork so that really like initiated the car you know the car industry for me and you know I I love the sales process because a lot of the time like when a consumer comes in to buy a vehicle sometimes they don't know what they want, you know, and they tell yeah. you like, Oh, I like this. And, you know, like a sedan, but I also like this, you know, this blazer or, you know, this Highlander or whatever the case is. And so you have to really get into their mind and really dive deep and ask questions and probe to see like what's more important to them is like gas mileage important to them is, you know, luxury, you know, do you want it fully loaded? It's like, and it was really fun for me to, really try to, you know, pick their brain and, and, you know, really dive deep into what, you know, they wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's a cool kind of trajectory to take is you got to experience the end user, yep. like the customer experience before you were yep. actually selling, which I have to imagine just makes all the difference because that's never the case. Ne you, very rarely do you get when you're first starting in a new industry as a salesperson, get an opportunity to really just kind of be a part of that initial, like whatever it is, if it's a piece of software, like, Hey, these are the, this is how, what, you know, what it's like for our customers the first time they use it or uh, that experience is so important and can inform the way that you sell so much. And, and so that makes, Oh, for sense. sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, cause you understand, you like get it from a customer point of view because you understand how, stressful it can be and how like am I making the right decision so 
you really had to sit there and just really just be the customer. And that really yeah. helped for me. And I really understood it from a very, like very premature age of, you know, of, of my sales career. And I think that really helps me. Yeah. Well, I think it's, <laughs> it's probably something that takes, cause you know, this was, this was less than five years in to your sales career. Right. I mean, this was right, just, right. you know, two or three years in and uh, yeah, I mean, that's something that typically takes, took me a while, took me longer than that to, to stop being selfish and, and stop, worrying about me, 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 and how can I make my commission and hit my number and, and you start. Oh yeah. Well, don't get me wrong. You know, there was stuff <laughs> like that, you know, but it, it, it just, it, when I started, I actually went to this other car dealer first when I was selling cars and then I um, went to a Toyota dealer um, and it was a used car dealership and you got the same amount of commission for like any type of car that was on the line, whether it was a Cadillac or like oh, okay. a Hyundai or something. Yeah. And that honestly, that really, I feel like that it should be like that anywhere, to be honest with you, because a lot mm -hmm. of people, they, like you said, they're all about their commission. They'll try to go in and like swindle their way in and like, Hey, but this one's better. And it's like, you know, $20,000 more MSRP. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no wonder. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And, and I think that's a, again, another valuable insight from that experience is, is, is when you don't have to be motivated strictly for yourself, you can, because, you know, nothing's completely altruistic, right? Let's not kid ourselves. Mm -hmm. Even if we've got right. the, the customer's best interest in mind and have a deep knowledge and, and understanding of the customer experience and wanting to provide that happy moment, because you know what that happy moment looks like, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're, not trying to <laughs> perform as a salesperson and right and, and it definitely it was good for my ego you know I'm not gonna you know it was <laughs> but then again like it was it it really it really kicked me you know it really kicked me into gear because then I had the same eureka moment like when at Radio Shack then I did it you know for the car business I'm like you know I see guys look around me and they've been there for like 20 years 30 years and they're all like wrinkly and you know smokers and <laughs> their skin <laughs> looks like leather yeah like they're like alcoholics and i'm like this is it for me like i gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah well i think it's it's obviously a theme of you having that awareness and it's super important to have that awareness oh for sure if you don't i mean it's one thing and it's easy to do when you're fresh in a career like sales and you've decided to take it seriously. You're so vulnerable. You're so vulnerable. Like yeah, it's it's yeah. crazy. You're just like, you know, you're so naive to like, oh, this is just great. And you know, then you have this like you have this joy for like your job, but then like you, you look around you and then, you know, not trying to be negative, but you're like, wow, mm -hmm. like this is it. Like <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Well so, and it's a real it's a real pattern that I think right especially in sales because oh yeah sales is uh you know anybody can do it right anybody can come in and try it i guess not anybody mm -hmm. can do it but it's pretty low barrier to entry especially in retail and and, and car sales right like you can right. you can probably find a job doing it and uh <laughs> if you're not careful you end up 15 years down the line and you're doing the same thing and you're stuck in this in this 
mode and and maybe that's great and if you like that then that's perfect but if you if you're unhappy it's it's you know it's nothing's going to go anywhere if there's no self awareness about how you can change it and what you can exactly. do to, to make your own situation better um exactly. so talk and there's about no that. shame yeah and there's no shame of like you know taking that one position and then springboarding to your next like yeah. my resume is like there's stuff that like I didn't even put like on my LinkedIn profile because I was scattered. You know, I went from here, I went from there because like I would get in the position and like a month later I'd be like, this isn't a good fit for me. And I wasn't willing to like just sit there and then take it. And if I knew that, you know, I could do better if I knew that, you know, this wasn't, you know, meant to, I wasn't, you know, I couldn't grow there. I would just, I'd be out. And Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people look down on that, but I think in 2019, like, don't be afraid to, you know, take your, your position now and springboard to your next, like yeah. no shame at all. Yeah. It's, it's a really great point you bring up because there is value. Uh, look in sales. It's my belief that it can be the best job in the world and provide a great life and great work-life balance, but it could also be the worst job in the world with horrible work-life balance. I mean, it could be either or, right? I mean, literally, oh, yeah. it, it, it can go either way. And I'd say 98% of that is where you're at, the company you're working for, the people you're oh, working for, with. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, yeah. so it's, it's, um, it doesn't serve you well to stay a place arbitrarily for resume purposes or, or mm-hmm. uh, surface level reasons, if you know it's not a fit and you know you're not, it's not going to work because. And if it's toxic, yeah, like yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, if it's toxic, like, if it's not healthy, whatever it is. And right. yeah, I think something I heard early on in my sales career was you got to find the right vehicle. If you're going to take this profession oh, yeah. seriously, and you're going to build yourself up and take on the responsibility of like that personal development, reading, learning, getting better and really immerse yourself in it. Well, then you need to be in a place that's going to tick all the boxes and it's going to take time to find a place that's going to tick all the boxes. I know one or two people literally out of hundreds of salespeople. I know that the first job they got out of college is still the job they have. And it's, they found that vehicle, that right vehicle, and they tech- checked all the boxes, right? That's like hitting the jackpot. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's like not existent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's really rare. And so, yeah, I think you bring up a great point. It, don't be afraid to take, take that next step and, and move right. on and get better. Uh, because, hey, newsflash, you're super expendable to whatever company you work for as a Oh, for sure. Yes. Especially like in corporate America, if you're, it's crazy. Like if it's one thing, if like, in, actually I, I'm kind of contradicting myself because even the small, you know, small, like to medium sized business companies, their sales jobs, you're expendable really there too. Mm-hmm. Like there's this one place and they had the worst co- like employee retention rate that I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and there was just people like in and out. I'm like, they would like set up their desk and then get fired the next day. <laughs> Meaning, I was one of them. <laughs> so it's just like, it's crazy. Like, it's yeah. just, you know, you're so expendable. And that's so true. Like, you have to, and you have to know, like, when, like, 
if you're happy there, then stay there. If you have a good mentor, if you have a good leadership there, then, you know, use that and, and, you know, grow from there. And if you can't Mm -hmm. grow, you know, then, you know, get moving. If, you know, it's just, that's just how it is. If you you can't, yeah, it's almost like if you can't grow, just go, right? Put that on a t-shirt. I love that. Yes, exactly. Because it's the truth. And uh, inversely, you know, to to think about the other side of it is uh, you you don't want to make arbitrary decisions, right? So it's for you, Mm -hmm. it's like every time you've made a move, it's been intentional. It's been, hey, uh, I'm looking around. I don't like 20 years from now, I don't want to be here doing this. So let's go ahead and fix that right now instead of waiting five years or being scared to, uh, I mean, I stayed in retail for probably two and a half years longer than I should have because I was just scared to switch and it was hard and it was a and you're comfortable. And, yeah. And I was yeah. You're comfortable. Like, you know, comfortably like miserable almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and you're like, well, this is it. This <laughs> is it. Right. And so, uh, yeah. And, and I, I, I look to that point in my career as the biggest stall. Like if I had just moved mm-hmm. on, I'd be, you know, levels ahead of where I am now. Cause I would have been able to get to what I'm doing now faster. And I think the other thing that, Uh, I would say in my experience that I've seen is eventually it slows down, right? Eventually, as long as you're doing everything with intention, that search for the right vehicle is going to slow down, right? You're not going to be switching jobs every two months or whatever. You're able to give a place a solid year and then assess and look around. And and, and right. Exactly. Right. That's so true because like I, that, that was me too. Like I had that sense of maturity. Then I'm like, you know what? Like I, you know, getting older now, you have to like, just at least give it a try and, mm-hmm. you know, just push forward and, you know, and just, and just give it a, you know, the old college try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think an interesting part about your journey is it just, it's sounds like each phase was just really about being self-aware. Right. And yeah. Um, oh, for sure. So, so talk about that. Is that something that you just inherently kind of have had naturally, or is it something that you kind of had to tell yourself, Hey, I need to start looking around more, you know, and be aware of what's going on and intentional about my next steps. I think that was always something that was instilled in me because, you know, I did have like a very, you know, a very hard upbringing and I'm not like, you know, trying to woe with me because it made me the woman I am today. It gave me so much backbone. It's given me so many lessons in life. Yeah. And I think that me being able to sit back and like with open, with an open mind and assess the situation and assess my environment and just be like, you know, like pros and cons and just, you know, always finding a silver lining, no matter what the outcome may be, that it was always just my life. Like, and I had to do that, like for like survival mode, you know, and just to be in a right mindset. So it's something that has always just, I guess, been instilled in me, really. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's if, if you have led a life that equips you with those kind of skills naturally, I think it's a huge advantage just generally, but specifically mm-hmm. in sales. Like, oh, I, yeah. You know, the best sales managers I've ever worked for always had the mindset of like, I actually want somebody on my team who's been through some shit. You know, like, oh, yeah, I want the guy in the trenches. Yeah, who, you know, dropped out of high school, 
because you know whatever and made some maybe bad decisions and had to yep. figure it out and pick themselves back up and 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 are now standing in front of me and are going to be grateful for any opportunity that comes their way because they know what you know rock bottom looks like and and yeah, and it's funny that was me exactly to the t yeah that was yeah. me fresh dropped out of high school you know didn't have really didn't even have you know a place to go home like it was you know i i had to like survive and you know thank god for the people around me that like helped me get to where i am today without them i would never i would have never made it so um but yeah, it's fun. It's, that was me. You know, I was, I had to really, you know, get busy living or get busy dying really. And just mm. get busy just doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, gosh, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons that I love the profession of sales so much is because it yeah. attracts people like that. It attracts people yes. that have grit and the people that are successful have that. And, and especially if it's, um, garnered through real life experiences like if you've developed grit through going through some shit like that you're you're good you're gonna be a great oh speaker, yes right because yeah exactly 100 cold calls and getting hung up on all day I, I i i was just you know trying to find 35 cents to put in my gas tank i'm happy to be doing these right. 100 cold calls i mean so uh, I'm, right. I'm right there with you and and um the <laughs> The funny part is, is that uh, because of the lack of educational structure around the professional sales, even all the way back into high school, like what if you in ninth grade took a class on sales and entrepreneurship? That might have completely changed your attitude about sales. Oh my with gosh. It. Yes. Yes. Oh, you know, you had the nail right in the head. Instead, I was learning about like, you know, what like rocks have like, you know, yeah. Yeah, sedimentary rocks and shit, you know, and like, you know, like, it's yeah, like, come on, dude. Like, I know, I know. And so, um, because there's no presence in education, um, there, there, it, it ends up attracting people like you and I, like, hey, I didn't go to traditional college. I've been through some shit. I made some decisions, but hey, here I am. And I'm really hungry to get this going. And I'm, I know what it's like to, to have to fight for, you know, every inch and um, ready to go. But now, uh, as sales becomes m more institutionalized, and you know, yep. I, I just saw something on LinkedIn this morning about Florida State has a sales college, you know, I think that's all great. And I love that. Uh, but it oh, is, I didn't hear about that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, that is I've, amazing. I've, I've interviewed people on the podcast that are straight out of college that majored in sales, which is like mind blowing to me. Um, and I love it and it's great, but I, I find myself wondering, is that, is that the same type of salesperson as the person who didn't get the, like, didn't get the formal education and just kind of cut their teeth, like doing what we did kind trial of and error. First exactly. and trial and error. Um, I think there probably are some differences, you know, and. Oh, and for sure. For sure. <laughs> there probably, and also the, what, what what, you know, makes me think about that is like, you know, will they be coachable? Because mm -hmm. here they are, they've sat for like five years, however long, four or five years. And they're like, okay, this is how you do it. A, B, C, you know what I mean? And so they're probably like, okay. And if some leader comes in like, no, this is how you do it. They're going to be like, no, I was taught in college. This is how you do it. You know, I'm not saying yeah. speaking for anybody, but <laughs> I feel like that is, That's an you have to, you, 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, your, your self-awareness, your ability to kind of uh, really take the next step in every career move you made has led you to, you know, your current role um, and, mm -hmm. and also to creating content on LinkedIn. Yeah. So talk yep. to us a little bit. I know we're kind of running low on time here. Just talk to us a little bit about what you're doing on LinkedIn and, and kind of the purpose behind it. So, you know, I was very intimidated by this platform. You know, I just came on here because uh, my boss was like, hey, like, you know, make sure you, you, you make a LinkedIn page and connect with all the partners. I was like, okay. okay. Like, and I was so intimidated by the platform because I'm like, you know, I'm not the most articulate person, you know, mind you, I'm a dropout, you know, ex-degenerate, like who's going to want to hear from me? Like what value do I have to bring to people? But, you know, I then I started like, I just did it. And my first video was freaking awful. <laughs> and, you know, the next ones were awful too. You know, I still think they're still awful, but you know, I, I'm still getting more engagement and, you know, and I've show my true self and people really respect that. And, you know, I feel like we all have value and something to bring to the table when it comes to content. So if you're like on the fence, like me and like I was about, you know, almost a year ago, then, just, just take it, just jump, you know, and I've, I really, I love creating and it like has been such a great outlet for me. And it's just, and you know, it has opened the door for some opportunities. And I am just so excited to, you know, see where it takes me. And I'm, I'm just excited about it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's a, uh, it's a journey for sure. And a decision and, and, um, mm -hmm. you know, because, because, you know, there's levels of, of, engagement and hey i could be the linkedin person that just shares stuff that my company shares or i could go into content creation and i think you're doing uh again probably goes back to just the self-awareness aspect like hey i can get on video i'm good on video i can and and i can what 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 i have to say resonates i'm going to continue to do this right i mean because it's right i think what I hear a lot is, well, hey, I've made a few videos and nobody really seems to engage and I don't really enjoy doing it. And so like, what's the deal? Well, okay, well then maybe making videos isn't a good idea for you. It's maybe, a good thing, right. Yeah, maybe you, need, maybe to you just, need to write articles. Yep. Right. Yep. So, it, and again, self-awareness, super key. Right. Um, so as we're coming to a close here, I want to make sure that uh, I ask you for an actionable sales tip that folks that are listening to the podcast can go back to their desk and use after they get done listening? Oh, this is what I say to like, especially people that are just starting out. And I know I say this a lot, but it's so true. You have to be coachable. Now you have to like set goals, even if it's just like a daily or monthly goal and go over those goals, like with a leader so you can be held accountable for them and just, be, you know, have an open mind and, and really if, and even if it's not like a leader per se, at, you know, go to a veteran salesperson and be like, Hey, like go Y cord with him, you know, split the headphones with him or whatever, you, you know, you do. And, you know, and it, it, it really, it really helps when you get some other opinions from, you know, from people like in the trenches and that have, you know, succeeded and have started from nothing and, you know, just be that coachable person and have an open mindset to, you know, sales and, and learning and always be learning your, about your industry and your product. It just, it certainly helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's literally something that you could implement 
right now. You know, you can elicit mm -hmm. that kind of feedback. You don't have to wait for it to come to you. I feel like when I was a sales rep and an individual contributor for years, I would just kind of live in my own little solo world and, and hope I was doing everything right and wait for feedback in the form of a one-on-one -on -one or uh, a, a meeting or when some shit went wrong, you know? Um, and then when I started to, to ask for it, it's like, okay, not only is this better because it's kind of under my terms, like I'm ready for it, <laughs> you know, I'm like asking, right. I'm asking for, hey, can you listen to this and tell me what you think? It's not, hey, we're going to listen to these calls and I'm going to tell you how bad you're doing. It's more of, I'm ready for this. So if you can flip that. Right, exactly. On, it's like a light switch. You can flip it on and, and you're completely right. It's, it's going to change the course of your your sales career if you if if uh, you have that coachability aspect because you'll you'll yeah and I had I improving. yeah I had to do that like I was because I was like you know we think we know it all of course you know and I'm <laughs> yeah. like no this is this is the best approach and you know I really had to be like all right you know you got to step back and you know really learn how to do and it takes a lot especially if you you know you're super egotistic like me you know <laughs> it takes a lot you know <laughs> yeah yeah mm. easier said than done for sure and and um sam i want to make sure before we end i ask you the same question that i ask everybody that comes on the podcast what is your favorite place to eat lunch honestly that everyone's gonna probably laugh at me but i love like your old good old hot dog stand or or like the food trucks that pull up um they like they got this one stingray fusion oh shout Ooh. out to them they're Sushi is amazing, and it's nice. just oh, that's that's my favorite place to eat. I love it. Yeah, I'm all I'm all for anything off of a truck or off of some sort of <laughs> a stand. Uh, you know, stand. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Sam, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, in case folks that are listening aren't already connected to you, how can they get connected to you and follow along with what you're doing? So you can go on my LinkedIn, Samantha Downs, just find me. You'll find the, you know, the picture with the, you know, smiling person with the phone. So that's me. Perfect. <laughs> and the Perfect. light bulbs. That's my signature emoji, the light bulbs. I love it. I love it. Well, and, and with that, I am going to wrap up this episode of the Lunch Break Podcast. I'll speak to you guys soon.